All right, I'm going to start with uh, start from um, just reading a scripture. This is um, John John chapter nine, uh, John chapter twenty, picking it up at verse eleven. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she sto- she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Cool. <laughs> resurrection. Resurrection story is going to continue. Resurrection. Uh, can I get a wave? Who's been to Staglands? Whoa, man, that's epic. You've done the windy road, that narrow, windy road. I, we went there for the first time the other day. And uh, if you remember going to Staglands, they give you uh, a little packet of uh, food. And then you go and you go past, you walk past the ponds and pigs and everything, and you and you scatter out your your food, and then you have some of the animals which are really hungry, like some of the ducks, and they will like charge over, and then others they've well they've been fed by kids and grown ups, you know, all day long, and they just kind of lay there and ignore it. And I, I really especially like the uh, the cooney cooney the the pigs. Do you remember them? Oh, they're, they're so cute. Like the piglets, I mean, piglets are cute. The grown-up pigs less so, and and there was this like mother pig just lying there, and you throw you throw the food, and she just lie there, go, oh, you know, <laughs> just not into it. But uh, Staglands, if you haven't been there, then it, it is it is worth a trip. Um, if you yeah, take kids, it's more fun with with kids. <laughs> but the word the word that I want to focus on. on this morning is scattered. It's actually the scattering, like the scattered, scattering that food out, scattered. And uh, and I and I and I want to focus on that word, but I'm not going to focus on it in the same sense as as food being scattered out on the ground, but instead thinking about how how people were scattered. Jesus told his followers that they would be scattered. So in uh, in, in he says this a few times. John 16:32. He says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. And he said something, said something similar to this in Matthew, Matthew 26. Matthew 26.30 says, When they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. Because of me this night, for it is written, I strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, you will, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. 
Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. This, this, uh, this phrase, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus is quoting from the prophet Zechariah, who 500 years earlier wrote, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. And this is exactly what happened. And uh, if, you don't, you know, if you're not familiar with the story, then uh, Jesus was arrested that night, actually. That night. Jesus was arrested, put on trial, he was tortured, he was, he was executed, crucified on the cross, and his followers scattered. Matthew says it bluntly in chapter 26, 56. It says, Then all the disciples left him and fled. They all ditched him. And like a couple of, there's a couple of extreme examples. Judas, he, he flees and then kills himself. Peter, the rock, the one who said, I will not deny you, Jesus, he flees. He, he denies any relationship, any association with Jesus three times. All the sheep scattered. Last Sunday, we celebrated... He has risen. He has risen. <laughs> Good. I was hoping you'd do that. The resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. So everyone scattered and then Jesus resurrected. He drew all these scattered sheep to himself. And, and in doing so, he draws them all to each other again. And the Gospels are frustratingly brief. Is that heresy? Did I drop a heresy? They're, they, they're frustratingly brief in, in, their, in their descriptions of, of what happened after Jesus was resurrected. Like, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they've only got one chapter. <laughs> and John, two chapters, like a little bit more. But in all the, like, these brief accounts, what we see is Jesus appearing to his followers in, in different kinds of ways and drawing them and drawing them to himself, drawing them to each other and restoring them. He restores his scattered sheep for the ones that would return. He shepherds them. He goes before them. And again, this is exactly what he'd promised to do back in uh, John, John 10, 14. John 10. Actually, uh, John 10, uh, I'll start reading from verse 1. Jesus is Jesus saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And it goes on in verse, uh, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So I read that, read that scripture at the start, and I'm going to go back to it. The first person that the resurrected Jesus appeared to was Mary Magdalene. She was weeping outside that open tomb because she thought that someone had stolen Jesus' body and taken it away. It's really, when I was reading it before, it stood out to me how she said to Jesus, have you taken his body? 
Yes, <laughs> he had. <laughs> yes, here it is. <laughs> and then Jesus appears to her, and, and, she, and she thinks he's the gardener, the cemetery gardener. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him. Tell me where you have laid him, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him in Aramaic and says, Rabboni, teacher. Did you notice that? Jesus calls her by name. And when he says her name, she recognizes him. Jesus calls her by name, which is exactly what he said. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He, he calls us all by name. He knows your name. He knows your name. So when Mary hears, hears his voice and she recognizes that the cemetery gardener is actually the good shepherd. And then he tells her to go and get the others and tell them what's happened. To get them all together. Get the gang together. That's the way I, I read it. Get the gang together. And then, and I mean, these, these resurrection stories are crazy. Like, Jesus appears to his disciples, they say. Jesus reveals himself. Jesus appears. And in this, in this, in this story, they're all in a room with locked doors. This is like just continuing on in John 20. They're all in a room. And the doors are locked, and they're locked because they're afraid of the Jews. They're afraid that the, the Jews are going to, uh, you know, the people, the ones that persecuted Jesus are going to come and persecute them. So they lock the doors. And then Jesus, it just says, Jesus came and stood among them. Like the implication is that Jesus didn't come through the door. <laughs> the resurrected Jesus didn't come through the door, but he's not a ghost because he shows them his hands, my hands. He shows them his side, that these wounds of crucifixion. And then he breathes on them. And then Thomas, I, I think Thomas is interesting. Well, where's Thomas scattered off to? He's not with the rest of them. He's scattered even further. And it's not until another week. He's got to wait a whole another week until Jesus meets him. And then Jesus appears to Thomas. And, and if you know the story, he goes, put your hand in my side. And, and Thomas does. <laughs> oh, that's just that's creepy. But he does. We also see Jesus meeting with disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus. We see him meeting with disciples at the beach, on a mountain, all these different locations. And we see him drawing them to himself in these, in these brief resurrection stories, revealing who he really is, restoring them, especially in the case of Peter. You know, Peter just denied Jesus three times, and then Jesus restores him in the same sort of uh, rhythm three times, restoring him. We see Jesus leading them. Follow me, he says. Follow me. So he's leading them. We see him equipping them and giving them directions. He breathes on them and he tells them what to do. Right before he ascended into heaven, he told his, his, told his followers to stay in the city of Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which was to be clothed with power from on high. So they're drawn, they're drawn together. And to read that story, you've got to jump into Acts. We're not quite there yet. <clears throat> so coming back to this word scattered, it's just been on my heart this last week because I feel like over the last, the last couple of years have felt like moments of, of scattering for us as a, as a church and for churches. 
And I think most noticeably over the last five to six months when there's been increased restrictions on gatherings. But now we're in this, now we're in this season, and I especially think that like Easter's been really, really significant this year because it's, the timing of it was incredible. And it, like this moment to come together, and it's like God, Jesus is drawing us together again after all these moments of scattering. Easter weekend, I talked I talk to some of you about this, how last weekend was especially significant for us as a family, um, because it was the first time in three years that we've been able to come to church at Easter weekend. Three years, that's a long time. So two years ago, if you remember, was when we were in our first lockdown. So we, <laughs> we were doing church online, sitting on the couch, broadcasting like tele-evangelist. And then last year, uh, Eli, hi Eli, he's hopefully watching me. He was only one week old, so we didn't come to church. <laughs> we were recovering, barely awake. And then, so it just feels like over the last few years, we've been scattered, but now there's this, there's a sense of like coming back together, coming back together. Drawn to Jesus, drawn to be close to him, to worship him, to, to hear his words. And we're also being drawn we're drawn together, yeah, all of us here in the room and people at, at home, reconnecting or, or connecting for the first time. There's been people here that you haven't met before, so chances to connect for the first time. The old-fashioned word that uh, people would use is fellowship, fellowshipping. In fact, you know that our official name is Capital Vineyard Christian Fellowship. It's not that old-fashioned. It's a lovely word, fellowship. And so <laughs> fellowshipping. It's something we couldn't do very well online. And, and I guess I just get the sense, like especially over the past couple of weeks, it's like, like, God, like God breathing on, on that part of, of, our, of our gathering. And I really want to make, make space, space for it, for the, for the fellowshipping, for the connecting and reconnecting. Like worshipping in song, worshipping in song from our hearts is so important. You know, I love it. I love it. So important. Preaching the word. <laughs> yes, that too. Um, important, but so is fellowshipping. Coming alongside one another, the conversations, the coffee. Ha oh, ha, thank you for making coffee today. I'm looking forward to coffee. Prayer. Like, prayer, and I reckon that like, in, the, in, these, in the sort of, you know, the after service part, that's like these, these can be these moments of like divine, these divine moments, conversations that you're going to have with, with one another. And there's going to be like things in those. And you go, ah, oh, I feel like you might not even go, that was God speaking to me. But there might be something that someone says to you that just sticks with you. And you, and you think about it or, what it or whatever it is. Or chances for, you know, to pray for one another. Ministry time. We'll always have chance for people to come forward and, and receive prayer. But prayer can happen at any time, eh? I'm having this, you know, my delicious long black, and, and, you, and you pray for one another. Hey. So, but we've got communion before that. Right before he prophesied that scattering, the scattering, Jesus, right before it, Jesus gave instructions for communion, the Lord's Supper. And, it, and I believe he, he gives this instruction because communion is, is a powerful, a significant, and a spiritual way for people to come together and right at the center of communion is Jesus himself. His body and his blood. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 
I got these fancy new sticky bookmarks. They're called post-it notes. They're great. They don't fall out. It's amazing. Matthew 26, 26. Now, as they were eating, see, now as they were eating, they were fellowshipping, they're hanging out. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of, the, of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So this morning, we're going to have communion, but a little bit different. Oh, are you nervous? Don't worry, I'm not going to drop a heresy. Uh, this, we're going to be doing it a little bit different. Instead of uh, everybody coming forward and getting, getting the cup and the bread and going back to your seats, and we all, we all do it together, um, what I'm picturing is, is small groups. And um, leading, leading each other in communion. This is what I think like we can kind of like extend this out to, to fellowship and, and uh, like connecting with each other. You might be in a group already and, that, and that's fine. But what I'm actually like uh, seeing or what I want to kind of like lean into is, is, is um, an opportunity to connect with, with other people. Maybe people you haven't spoken to for a long time or people you never met. To use a phrase that the former pastor used, uh, used to use, walk across the room. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Walk across the room. You'd probably be plagiarized that from someone else. But to take communion with some people that you don't know so well, or not at all. It's a bit scary though. I know, I know. So you might not want to do it. That's okay. I'm not going to force you to do anything. But Jesus had this knack for bringing all kinds of people together. Imagine like, imagine the disciples getting on. They're all these different kinds of people and he drew them all together. And, and I think that we can be the same in our, in our fellowshipping and in our um, connecting with one another. So we'll have communion I'll like uh, um, take off the take off the cloths and come forward. Grab grab a cup. Grab your bread. You can go back and, and just do that. We're gonna uh, there'll be some music playing. You can just do that as as you will. Um, uh, in a moment, I'm just gonna put down the microphone. You're not gonna hear from me again. Yeah, yeah. Someone's going yes. <laughs> um, that's all right. I don't take it personally. That's why I make jokes of myself. Uh, but then, and so, and so for communion, then we, uh, then we might go straight into, then we'll go straight into having coffee, we'll get the coffee um, makers, Stu and Camilla, you guys are on today, oh, looking forward to it, coffee, and then have conversations, you might mingle around, or you might stay in your same, same group, but I wonder if this morning, in our conversations, you, we might want to kind of go a little bit deeper. I love small talk, small talk's great, but we might go a little bit deeper and, and, and discover a bit more about the lives of the people we're talking to. Or you might want to drop it in. Do you, want any, do you want me to pray for anything for you today? You might want to ask, ask this question. If there's one thing you would like God to do for you today, what would it be? What would it be? And just like see, see where it goes. Or if that gets too awkward, then don't worry. We can just talk about the weather and, um, and how well the Phoenix are doing sometimes. <laughs> And then, and then as we leave this place, it's really amazing that the, you know, we, Jesus took one loaf of bread, he breaks it, he's like scattering this loaf of bread, and it's the same with us. We all come together, we worship together, we communion together, and we fellowship together, and then we too are scattered into all of the different places that we go, to our different workplaces and schools on holiday, so not to school, but you know, wherever we go, we're scattered across the Wellington region, and, and the good shepherd who knows us by name, who goes out before us, we follow him. 
How's that sound? Yeah, I think it sounds good, <laughs> at least in my imagination. That no, sounds really awesome. So um, <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me pray, and then, um, and then we'll just see how it goes. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for what you're doing in this season. Actually, one of the words that stood out to me in, in worship was about restore, restoration and how you're restoring us as, as individuals, and even in our weakness, we're, we're discovering that you are strong. And that you're a provider. You're restoring us as a as a church as we're able to as able to come together and to reconnect and to fellowship and do these very natural things, but you working in a supernatural way, uh, building us together, living stones being built together as your holy temple. And even uh, in the church across the whole world, I believe you're doing a, a work of, of, of restoration and pre- preparation, Lord. Lord, as we come to communion this morning. Lord, I pray that even in our small groups or the people that we take communion with, that we would, that we would have that sense of, uh, of your body and, and your blood. And in our conversations and our coffee and, and things that happen afterwards, that there'll be like divine moments or, um, or conversations that, um, that just speak of your goodness to us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for the people that are connecting at home. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Amen.